and it's such an exciting space to be in at the moment, the sheep industry. And the learning hasn't stopped. It's the passion that it's sort of instilled in me that's driving me to keep going. Enthusiasm from Nuffield scholar Tim Govins there. And welcome again to The Yarn, a podcast from the Australian wool industry. And later, we hear what wool brokers think of the current state of the wool industry. Uh, But combining international travel and a passion for agriculture is what the Nuffield Scholarship is all about. Sounds like a dream come true, doesn't it? Well, it is for many people, including Tim Gubbins, and he told Emily King why he wanted to study merino lamb survival. I was initially... um drawn to this topic through doing a lifetime year management course, um, which, you know, I absolutely loved and rate highly and recommend to anyone. I was putting all this best practice into place and I still, I hit a bit of a wall and I just thought, I reckon there's more to this. And it was particularly around lamb survival and particularly merinos, you know, which is, um, which, you know, I've worked with merinos for a long time and there's a, a miss, you know, a long held sort of misguided theory that merinos just want to die. Not necessarily right but it just takes a bit of management. So I just thought, how, do, how can we get more of these merinos lamb, merino lambs to survive? Because lifetime year management, basically they got us conceiving more, but we were still seeing the losses. I really wanted to focus in on, um, on that, that reproductive potential of the merino. And could you identify one key takeaway? You know, how do you keep more of those conceived fetuses alive? It's around a lot of knowledge we already knew. And I guess I confirmed a lot of that to myself. Um, and my confidence in that area really grew. But I guess the take-home message was it's, it's lamb birth weight. That dro- absolutely drives lamb survival. And what drives lamb birth weight is, is nutritional management. And so I learnt a lot about techniques and management styles because I wanted to research it as a farmer for other farmers. I wanted to be able to translate what the scientists were saying to me and tell it to my farmer self and say, look, you know, the science says this, how do I apply this in an everyday real aspect on my farm? You write a report following Nuffield and, um, you know, you get a lot of knowledge on your topic. What else did you get out of Nuffield? Yeah, not only a, a great deal of knowledge, but a great, uh, a great deal of confidence in that knowledge, you know, because I've lived it and breathed it for since 2014 now. So it's just, you know, it's in my, it's in my DNA now. It's something I live and breathe because I'm passionate about it and I can see so much potential. And it's such an exciting space to be in at the moment, the sheep industry. And I'm using this, what I've learned, I've used it and the learning hasn't stopped. It's put me on this pathway of just wanting to be involved with more research, you know, more trials. What, what else can I do that's going to increase my lamps of all, basically increase my bottom line. But um, it's, it's the passion that it's sort of instilled in me that's driving me to keep going. 2014 AWI Nuffield Scholar Tim Gubbins there speaking with Emily King. You can find Tim's report at wool.com slash Nuffield. And while you're there, why not apply for this year's scholarship? So recently, Australian Wool Innovation held its Wool Grower Forum, where about 50 brokers from across Australia came and heard what AWI does in Australia and around the world in terms of research, development and marketing. Now, Lexi Sesnick from Moses & Son in New South Wales was one of the young faces at the day. 
What did she make of it? I think AWR is doing the job that they're intended to do. I think, you know, between marketing and R&D and E, and especially that working with industry and making our compliance, I think a lot of producers have a lot to think about every day. And, and I mean, as wool brokers, this is a wool broker forum, so a lot of growers come to us for information, looking, you know, what do you know about industry? So then we have to then come back to AWR and say, well, hang on, this is what our growers are looking for. Are we being compliant? Are we hitting the right targets? You know, is our research you know, heading in the right direction. And I think AWI have that really packaged really well. Not only do they have the information packaged beautifully so that then we can easily transfer that to our growers in a language they understand, but also they have all of the right information and they have the right people to talk to and everybody is really accessible. You know, all today all I heard was, give us a call or contact me or feel free to give me a ring, which I think is really important, is that, you know, AWI need to be accessible for growers and also for wool brokers to, to get the information that we need, you know, for our services. And what are your clients talking about at the moment? I mean, obviously... Uh there's a bit more optimism in the industry, but what do they ask you about? A lot of our growers uh, are concerned about um, the number of sheep and we're, and we're concerned about production. So we're making sure that so supply and demand at the moment, we have we have quite good demand for our products and our supply is lowering. But what, what that means for our growers is we need to improve efficiencies on farm. And, you know, we, we might be losing some of our land space to any number of, you know, different things, whether it be other enterprises or purely to, you know, urban sprawl, any, you know, any of the... Any of the the myriad of things that cause um, the sheep to lose space on farms. So, you know, it's not always easy for a producer to go and buy the next door neighbour out and, and, and grow more sheep. So what, what we need to make sure is the sheep that are on that farm are as efficient as possible and, and producing the most amount of product that our producers can and then sell on and, and maintain profitable sustainability for their farms. And here is Marty Moses from Moses & Son. Hey, Marty, how's things? Yeah, good, Marty. How are you? Terrific. What did you make of today, uh, the Wool Brokers Forum? Well, I've been to a lot of these Wool Broker Forums and I think today is certainly uh, the most upbeat one I've been to. The format had changed, so we actually went and did some real life stuff out in the retail sector, went and spoke to the beautiful people next door here in uh, the AWI offices and we've seen uh, a snippet of what actually goes on in the marketing division, which was fantastic, and all the presentations today hit the mark, right on point, I think. You know, exciting times for wool. And is this what you're hearing from your clients as well? Are they, are they wanting to, to boost their wool production or are you finding new clients? Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a, a, a revolution going on, a people's will to get back or build uh, flock numbers. Uh, spoke to an influential client yesterday that's actually uh, removing all the crossbreds out of his operation and going full merino um, and they're looking at a genetic program to, to ramp that right up. You know, there's a whole you know, raft of things. And the science is, uh, with the, the DNA profiling that we can do on farm now, can give us a really good base to start from. So there's so many good things happening in the industry at the moment. It just, uh, you know, I've been in the industry for 38 years, and this is the most positive I've seen it by far. Yeah, they're great times, aren't they? Now, Lexi's here, and she was just talking about trying to find uh, ways of, of, of managing sheep that is easier. In your mind, what do you think we should be working on as AWI to make sheep work easier, to make wool growing easier? There's a real good opportunity because a lot of wool growers have probably had more money in their pockets than they've seen for quite some time. That certainly changes the landscape when you're looking at uh, efficient handling systems, so new yards, shearing sheds, designs. Uh, we're looking at handling equipment that, that limit the labour and also the risk in, in the yards. There's not, a few of us old guys, Maharaj, you and I, 
carry shoulders and knees and ankles that uh, probably we contribute half to football, half to, to sheep work. And that's a limiting factor. To attract people into the industry and keep them in it, I think we've got to look at the, uh, the on-farm management and how we do that. As, as same as someone goes and buys a new tractor to pick up a fish, efficiencies on-farm. So, you know, that's the way I see it. There are, there are ways uh, we can fix parts of those problems. Um, that we have on farm and handling and management just by simply investing in the future. So, uh, look, you're very kind about AWI. What, what do you think we should be working better on or what excited you today? I think there's a huge void in uh, the feedback. I don't know if AWI can fix this. In the feedback on, on where our wool goes and how, how it's used and processed. This is something that we, we provide our own... Uh, we have our own clip, as you know, through research and blue-chip livestock uh, and Merino Link, and that's the plug. We, we believe <laughs> well that, um, you know, the, the biggest question to ask is, you know, I've sold my wool at auction this week and I've got fantastic money, but what's it going Where's into? It going? Yeah, yeah, Lexi mentioned the same thing. So you can actually tell people who's bought it and where it's likely to end up in what sort of product. Well, you know, we, we talked about Providence today and, and the consumer wanting to know where the wool's come from and the story behind it. It'd be really nice to, as a payback to the producers to say, hey, uh, is there any way we can track our wool? Just find, did it go into Farage, you know, via Italy and come back? So yeah, that so. would be really good and, well, and it connects yeah. the grower to the, to the market. Wouldn't this be a perfect role for the Wool Exchange portal? Have you... Yes, oh, look, I mean, if um, the Wool Exchange portal, uh, from, from my point of view and today, the disappointing thing about uh, what I haven't heard today is what it's going to look like and what our role in it's going to be. And we're keen, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a, a brand new strat plan and business plan and there's a hole where Wool Portal sits at the moment because we don't know the full extent of it and uh, that, that could be because there isn't a clear picture. But wouldn't it be nice to say, you know, let's to us to be able to go to our growers and say, here's what we see as the portal being able to do because we've, we've had a little bit of a snapshot. So we're all for it. Anything that uh, drives the industry forward and makes it better for our client is good for us, good for the industry, and, um, you know, let's invest. Let's invest heavily if it's going to deliver. Marty Moses from Moses & Son Wool Brokers there, and to address his last point about the Wool Exchange portal, here is Stuart McCulloch, AWI CEO. Stuart, this week Australian Wool Innovation has announced that it is going ahead and building the portal. What is the significance of this new announcement? I suppose the significance of the announcement is that we've had... Uh, three years of uh, discussion and consultation and submissions and uh, uh, working groups and steering committees and uh, look it's, uh, it's come to a head to a point where a recommendation uh, to, to, build, to move to a build phase of this uh, particular idea uh, was put to the board in the uh, early May meeting and uh, they agreed to it. We had a few things to a few of our ducks to get in line before we uh, announce this, uh, but uh, the announcement went out yesterday and um, we officially moved to a, a build phase uh, with a, a preferred vendor. So for wool growers, wool brokers and stakeholders that are planning around the wool exchange portal, what, what has actually changed? Because there's nothing to really show people yet and there's no way of sort of explaining it clearly as to what they will yeah. necessarily be able to do on it. So has yeah. anything significantly changed for them? 
Oh, look, I understand that, that, that frustration in the, in the sense that they, there's nothing to look at now in terms of uh, uh, them better understanding how it might benefit their particular sector. We, we started this, of course, uh, with uh, wool growers in mind and uh, we, we intend to finish it with, uh, with wool growers uh, first and foremost uh, in mind. But we think there are a number of other beneficiaries uh, to this, brokers and exporters and other um, potential derivative traders are, are all uh, potential beneficiaries of this particular program. It's a transactional uh, platform, but it also allows for other platforms to swing off uh, the exchange portal. It means that by doing this, we will be able to expose uh, or, or certainly have transparent uh, the transaction and some of the costs around the transaction to the, both the grower and the, uh, and, and the buyer. Okay, so it's a case of watch this space. Perhaps the next development is the functionality and the look and feel of it. Yeah, look, we're going we're gonna, to, um, as we move into this build phase, I'm very conscious of uh, demonstrating this, uh, modelling this even to, uh, to a working group. Um, and we have a, uh, um, a, a new panel set up and a, and a user group, I should say, that are going to tr- start trialling this out. And we're, we're going to um, make sure, uh, from our communications point of view in-house, that we have something to show uh, wool growers and brokers and exporters uh, as soon as possible to bring them along in this process like we've been doing for the last three years. We've been very keen to make sure the industry comes along with this and uh, we're not about to uh, just get on and um, ignore the rest of the industry. We want, we want to make sure that they've got all the tools that they need to to uh, come along with the process as we're in the build phase. AWI CEO Stuart McCulloch speaking about the Wool Exchange Portal. If you have a better name for this Wool Exchange Portal, put it forward because uh, it certainly isn't finalised. That ends this edition of The Yarn. Hope you've enjoyed it. Again, if you have any feedback or ideas, send it to theyarn at wool.com. Thanks again for your company. And from me, Marius Cumming, speak soon.